Welcome to the Writer's Block. This space is for aspiring writers, indie and published authors who desire tips, tricks and tools to foster confidence in your ability to write. This space is also for voice actors, editors and literary agents. All those people whom are writing adjacent. Let this space be a haven, a resource, and a reminder you can write all you see and see all you write. Grab your pens. We're about to circle the block. This particular show is dedicated to the memory of Howard O'Brien Rice, known throughout the universes and people's imagination as the incomparable Miss Anne Rice. I can't tell you exactly when I became an Anne Rice fan. I just know that I am. I know that I in the immortal words of Octavia Butler, I know that I'm a rare bird. I am a cishet black woman who writes uh, with the white girl name, quote unquote, in certain circles. Um, And also that I've been reading since about age four. And I've liked horror stories and gothic things. It sounds about maybe five or six. Um, I remember my cousin Nathan and I had had this game, as it were, uh, because where I grew up in St. Louis, there there are two very old cemeteries. Uh, well, St. Louis is a French city, much like New Orleans is. And um, there are two old, they're the oldest cemeteries on the part, part of town where I live are Calvary and Bell Fountain. Uh, one of the, some of the famous interments there are actually, well, in Bell Fountain, there is um, Augustus Bush of the of the Anheuser uh Bush family here. Um there's Kate Chopin, Dred Scott, and even General William Tecumseh Sherman. And uh also in Calvary Cemetery there is um is buried Tennessee Williams. I invite I invite any writer to make th- make that pilgrimage to see his tombstone. It's actually really cool. But I can't necessarily tell you when I became a horror fan, but I just know that my cousin and I had this game that we thought if you touched a tombstone, that a monster would would come up from the, from the ground and get you and eat you. We were like, you know, five and six. But I remember being, I remember gravitating to Anne after I had seen Interview with a Vampire. And by that time, I was like 13 years old. Again, I'm 40 now. So that was, what, 27 years ago? And I remember my mother wouldn't take me to go see um, Interview with a Vampire because she said that she didn't want me to have nightmares. (laughs) But keeping in mind that I I and my little sister had been reading horror since we were about in fifth grade. It was uh, my sister, Ashley, who turned me on to uh, Goosebumps books. Shouts to R.L. Stein. Uh, now looking back on it, those books are actually actually incredibly well well written for YA, and I and I cannot recommend them enough. She and I also were reading. Well, I know I was. We both were reading Christopher Pike, 
uh, we were those kids who loved the library, loved learning. And uh, we had a father who taught us to critically think about everything. But also, he was, we also had the kind of dad that when he saw us reading, quote unquote, what he called dark stuff, he wanted to know why it was. You know, but uh, that's just where our bent was at the time. So I remember having a crush on Tom Cruise since Top Gun, again, dating myself. And when I saw him as the stat in this particular movie, I wanted to go see it. I needed to go see it. And I have watched Interview with the Vampire so much that I can actually quote pieces of it. And the most often quoted part of the movie that I've actually told ex-boyfriends when I've really been hurt and it's and it is Claudia's quote when she says, I have it the tears for what you've done to me. But at the same time, I remember once I got a whiff of who this woman was, I read it, I wanted to read everything that she had. I wanted to read everything that she had because her takes on vampires are are they're actually they're actually evolved opinions because at the same t- at the same time I, at the same time, I was uh, getting into Anne Rice. My sister was reading uh, L.J. Smith. Um, and I believe it's L.J. Smith who um, who sparked uh, what we know now as the Vampire Diaries and, and all other things mystic. And this is years before True Blood. <laughs> but I remember being enamored with the world she built. The object, the the. The fact that all of this came out of one woman's imagination fascinated me. It fascinated me. And I grew, after uh, watching the movie, I grew to really like Lestat. And like Louis and like Claudia. And I just began to delve into everything she had. And I remember reading the books out of order. (laughs) Uh, because there'd be certain vampires I would gravitate to and certain that certains that I wouldn't. And they're, and they're actually, I won't even lie. There are books in, in the vampire Chronicles canon that I haven't even finished yet. But at the same time, one of my favorites, if I could say I have favorites is I really liked Pandora, even though she could be problematic. And I really liked Claudia. And there's also a, um, graphic novel on Amazon now about Claudia's story. And it's written and it's, and it's a, it's a beautifully drawn uh, story that that deals with Claudia and how she, again, this adult trapped in this child's body. And I just couldn't, and as a woman, I could not even fathom or conceive of that. But the reason why I gravitated to Anne is that, you know, she was from one of my favorite cities in the world and I just began to, there was something about Anne that just drew me to her. There was this, it was almost this, um, if I could use this phrase, it was almost this inviting darkness to her. There was, there was this need I had as a fledgling writer to explore everything around me. And what I found in the nestle of Anne Rice's canon was a home. I found that uh, the oddness that I thought I felt, that I thought I was alone in, was not that isolation. It was not in a vacuum. It wasn't in a vacuum, and that was incredible. 
it was incredible because I just could not conceive of having that happen or being, you know, has having a white woman for lack of a bit, for lack of a better term, for a white woman to actually have felt that kind of, you know, being outside of being in time and outside of time at, the, at all at once. Uh, one of my favorite books by her actually isn't even, you know, quote unquote, vampire related. Now, if you followed Anne's career, and it's so weird to think of her in past tense. It's so strange to think of her in past tense. And as of this recording, her her son, Christopher, um, said that there, there will be a year, uh, next year, because she, she was born on Halloween, that they'll, they, there will be a celebration of her life next year. And uh, because I'm that person, um, there's this YouTube channel called Hollywood Graveyard where they actually toured uh, Metairie in uh, Louisiana. There's my accent, right? And uh, which is outside of New Orleans. And uh, there in that cemetery um, is a mausoleum for the Rice family. And it's beautiful. It's like this battle gray stone and um, her her husband of 40 some years, Stan, is interred there. So she's going to be interred there. And again, by the by this recording, Anne's funeral has already taken place. And she's already reunited with Stan. And I just and but uh, one of the books that again, that is one of my favorites is called Out of Darkness, where Anne talks about how she grew up Roman Catholic and um how you know her mother was an alcoholic and what you know the and what she and the relationship with her and her father and how she actually left the church became an atheist for like 30 something years only to come back through the rustle of trees she actually if you read the book and i su- i suggest uh getting the audible version because at the end of that particular uh telling you actually hear Anne giving an interview uh, I think I'm going to cry, but I'm going to try not to. But Anne said that, you know, she came, basically she came to faith that God was real through the rustling, I think she said, of an Acadia tree. And then 30 some odd years later, having not prayed, you know, having not, you know, thought about God at all. And then coming back to faith through the same rustle of the same tree. And it is, and which is a testament to how God works and how sensitive and how, you know, quote unquote, out of step writers are with the, with the modern world. Sometimes even through the vantage point of Lestat, she called the, through the vantage point of Lestat, Lestat called the world of savage garden. And I couldn't agree more. And even when she came back to faith, she wrestled even with writing horror again. Uh, Cause you know, she's, she's also done, you know, Christ, our Lord out of Egypt, which I think also was a movie um, we know the travesty that was Queen of the Dam. They ooh, they so could have done better with that. But but Aaliyah was amazing, and I could I can't think of an Akasha being anybody else but her. And we also know that she, you know, her angel books and her angel books, and also again, Out of Darkness. The one thing that is so powerful, I think, about her body of work is that she was able to, and again, and again, there are other authors who have written about vampires and monsters and things like that. But you don't see a lot of women doing that. You know, the quote unquote canon for vampires is um, is relegated to uh, 
to Bram to Bram Stoker and uh, Nosferatu and uh, what is it? I think it's Cassandra, which is a no. Is it Cassandra? Uh, I forget. I forget. But it's another eighteenth um, century um, uh, vampire novel about uh, this female vampire. So the canon, quote unquote, around vampires is not is not that vast. It's just hap- it just happens to be old. But at the same time, you don't see a lot of women doing that. And granted, and I'm really happy that there are a lot more black women writing about vampires and monsters and things like that. But that's we're going to put a pin in that for right now. The one thing that I want the listening audience to to take away from from her work is that Anne Anne will make you think she will make you wonder she will make you question she will make you look up words and some of the most bodacious things she did was you know give talks to her fans and be so welcoming to them and um and actually I have my own little Anne Rice story that I'm gonna share in a moment So, like any good nerd, my library is actually in three places. Um, I have books on my Kindle, books on Audible, and um, actual physical books. And uh, my Kindle is my Kindle. My Kindle app are some of the greatest things in the world, and I'm I'm really grateful to my best friend who actually gave me her old Kindle Fire. That way, I have I can take my books with me everywhere. But the one thing that was really cool is that I actually have a, I actually have Anne's autograph and I got it in a very unconventional way. Uh, I think it was like in maybe 2018 before the onslaught of the pandemic where, because uh, I actually follow, I followed Anne's page on Facebook and, I, and as of this posting, I think it's still up and I think uh, Christopher's running it or maintaining it for right now. Um, if you all whom believe in God, please pray for Christopher because he's now without both parents. Uh, Stan died years ago and now his mother who he was close to is has now gone so you know say a prayer for Chris but the one thing that was really cool is that I actually have her and Chris's autograph on a on this piece of paper and here's how I got it uh, they were doing she and Chris were actually doing I think this video still may be on their Facebook page or on YouTube but in writing um, another book, they decided to write write it together. Chris had hinted that you know it's the special project, and it's the it was the Passion of Cleopatra. It's another Ramses the Dam book, but the thing is, there was a contest, and the contest was you know if you when you pre order and you send your receipt to this particular email address, then uh, you would get a uh, written page signed with you know with notes and everything on the manuscript of um by Anne and Anne and Christopher and I'm like oh that's really cool so me so me being the nerd that I am I went ahead and tried to do that but there was an issue with my account aka I didn't have the money I, I hadn't had the money I thought I did so I had missed the deadline for it but I still wanted the book so I paid for my pay for the book which is still on my Kindle yay for Kindles um so I paid for the book and the contest had been over for like a month or so um, then I had broken up with my now ex-husband um, 
thanks to thanks to the legal system because I'm waiting on that to be finalized. Yay for that. Freedom takes many forms. But so I went ahead and um, sent it off just, you know, just on a whim, like maybe uh, maybe I'll, you know, get it. Maybe I won't. But I didn't I didn't want the chance to go by and me not have it or try and get this because, again, I, I'm such a fan of hers. I'm like, oh, would it be cool if I had her address, if I had her autograph? Because I was never able to actually get a book, a book of hers um, actually autographed. And then COVID happened and then, yeah, no. But, and then there was someone who was maintaining that particular account who said, you know, hey, you know, hey, hey, Jen, you know, you know, sorry about the late response. You know, we've been really busy. So there was, there was an admin issue and no one had been take, no one had really take, I guess, taken up um, anyone on that offer or they weren't able to get back to everyone. But either way, the error was in my favor. And so they actually sent me out a, um, pay, they actually sent me out a page in my, and you know, this is one of the reasons why we're divorced, but my then husband, now ex-husband actually, they actually mailed the, um, page to my, to our address. And he said he wasn't going to give it to me if I wasn't, if I didn't come back to him. Like, that's really stupid bastard, but that's a whole other issue. But I remember getting it and opening it and crying because Anne Rice had signed this authentic piece of manuscript with her notes on it. And I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. And then once and then once I heard that she died, I rummaged through my I rummaged through my room, which is an abject mess some days on the best of days because I knew I had it. But I and I and I kept it in the same envelope because I didn't get a frame for it and I because I need I'm like I need a frame for it and I need to get the right frame so I just kept it in the envelope and the envelope is still on my desk because I need a frame for it but the fact that I had this piece and any writer will tell you that you know their manuscripts are like actors do their scripts when they make notes in them and how it becomes their bible of sorts writers are the same way that when we have a manuscript when we or a print copy that we go through and we edit and we mark up, it, it, it is a demonstration of your imagination. It's this physical piece of your imagination. So, and again, to think of her in the past tense is humbling and heartbreaking. And I do want to actually go to celebrate her life next year, To depending on how COVID reacts to everything. And maybe they'll do uh, something in person because the thing is, uh, Anne would always be at these particular events. And I so wanted to actually meet her in person. And um, it is with, I don't want to say a heavy heart, but definitely the goth girl in me who wanted to dress up as Merrick Mayfair, black and powerful and vampire and witch. Uh, I still I still want to cosplay as her if I go to the if I go to this meet and greet next year. I want to, I wanted to do that and ask her, why were you so cavalier about erasing Merrick? <laughs> but. At the same time, I'm glad that she created Merrick and a whole class of um, black supernatural people. So that is one thing that is I'm grateful for as well.
Sometimes you need to see yourself in a space to keep going. And with that, good night, Anne. Thank you for everything. The time has come to leave you to your thoughts and words. The hope is that what was shared in this space was encouraging, empowering, and a catalyst to write. Special thanks to Valor Music LLC for all audio production and mixing. All business inquiries and advertising inquiries can be sent to circlethewritersblock at gmail.com. If you feel so inclined to support the work of this podcast to continue to fight erasure of black and minority writers, consider supporting through Cash App at dollar sign J-B-H-W-R-I-T-E-S, that's J-B-H Writes, or PayPal at S-G-L-L-C dot one zero three eight at yahoo.com. We will see you next time when we circle the blog.